there. This is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I'd love to talk to creative people about how they do their thing and how they hang in and keep it going through all the ups and downs. Today, my guest is an actress that we all know and love, Julie Haggerty. She's going to be appearing in the new HBO Max movie, A Christmas Story Christmas, which is a sequel to the classic A Christmas Story with Peter Billingsley. And it was so fun to talk to her about that project and a lot of other great things that she's worked on, like Airplane, which we remember and love. That was her first movie, by the way, Airplane. Imagine that's your first movie, Wacky. All right, she's just delightful. And I got to go to her house. My uh, friend Penelope is, is someone that works closely with her, and she arranged for me to do the interview. So we went to Julie's house and and did it. I um, didn't use my regular equipment that I've been using since COVID. So um, the sound will sound a little bit different, but she's delightful, and I hope you enjoy it. So before we get to that, I want to encourage you to consider becoming a member of DNR Studios, a subscriber. What does that mean? That means that you get my show two days earlier than everybody else, and you also get access to a lot of other great shows like the Derek and Romaine Show, Perfect Date with Tom Goss, the I Love My Wife podcast, Orange Juice and Biscuits. Who doesn't love Orange Juice and Biscuits? The Adam Sank Show, A Night at the Asylum, The Focus Group. There's just lots of great content. You may discover a new show that you love and uh, fall in love with it. So you can learn more about that at dnrstudios.com. And now, without any further plugs, here is my interview with Julie Haggerty. Hi, Dennis. Hi, I am here in the home of Julie Haggerty, here to talk about your new Christmas movie and all kinds of other things. And we're doing this in person. Since the pandemic, I was doing almost all Zoom interviews, so it's very... Nice to be looking at somebody uh, not through a screen. Thank goodness for that, because I don't know how to do Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, they try and show me, and then it's like wacko. Right. You know, so I'm glad to see your face. Yes, we're here in person. person. <laughs> so you're coming out in a, a Christmas Story Christmas on HBO Max, yes, which yes. is a sequel to the beloved uh, Christmas movie, Christmas, A Christmas Story. Yes. And I tell you, I, I love Peter Billingsley beyond Beyond. He's the star of the show, of the movie. Of the movie, and he was the original boy. Right, Ralphie. Ralphie, and he produced this with uh, Warner Brothers, and it was uh, just, we were in Bulgaria. Wow. It was really crazy. Was this one of those Christmas movies that you shoot in, like, July, where it's not even close to Christmas? Well, it actually, it... Because there's so much snow there, and it was like after the holidays, but of course we got there and there was no snow. Oh, sure. So they still had to make snow. But it was one of the most, because Peter is so kind and smart, and I feel like, you know, oh yeah, right, you know, but he genuinely is. Like every Saturday night, all the grown-ups the cast grown-ups, right. and the producer, Jay, and the director, Clay, and um, the writer, Nick, and we would all go out to a different restaurant every Saturday night, and because we were so far away from home, yeah. and then two or three times, Peter took the kids, and all of us were like on a bus, and we went and ate hot dogs at a mall somewhere in Bulgaria. Then they totally built Indiana and Bulgaria. Amazing. The but streets, the department store, the whole thing. Everything from soup to nuts. And I don't know, I mean, just 
hats off to the designers and uh, the, the builders and all the crew from Bulgaria because everything was matched. The wallpaper, the stereo, the furniture was like walking into the original movie. Wow. It was it was really, really special. So you would, you know, walk onto the set and you were there. Yeah. So the whole world disappeared. We were in Indiana. And, and except for that, but I love like, there were all these wild dogs in Bulgaria. Wow. That just, so smart. And this also made me love Bulgarians because all the wild dogs were fat. Right, so they were well-fed. The strays were well-fed. They were well-fed, and there were, like, all the studios, and I would get, um, breakfast was included with my hotel. Right. So I would get eggs and bacon and ham, and they just thought she was going to get huge. Right, so you were taking food. Yeah, I would, like, bring all the doggies. I found a place, so I would, like, give them breakfast every morning. And They must love this movie. This must be their favorite movie. (laughs) So you had a thing with the dogs. You had a system with the dogs. The dogs. One day I was driving to work, and there was no one keeps their dogs on leashes there. So I thought, well, this dog is with that group of people walking across the street. And everyone else kept going straight, and the dog, like, sat down and waited for the next light to change. Right. And it was just like, I wanted to bring them all home, but they were happy. Yeah. Yeah. They were happy. Um, you weren't in the original movie. You play the Melinda Dilla character in yes. the sequel. Yes. How did you come to be in the movie? Um, one of those really odd and kind of wonderful times when I was invited. Nice. Yeah. You and, didn't have to audition. No. And it was really special. I love the original movie. And I said to um, Peter and to our director, Clay, I cannot fill her shoes. Right, Melinda Dillon, who um, played the mother originally. Yes, I cannot fill her shoes. I cannot do what she did and because she was brilliant and totally different from me. And they said, no, no, just do what you want. And with, of course, their guidance and uh, words. So it was really, I never thought about the original during the uh, actual shooting that what we were doing became the reality right. of it all and she has stopped acting that's right why. i read that she retired from acting she so. retired so yeah. um so i'm i'm happy that she retired because right. i got to to step in to be mom yeah or mrs parker and all the original boys are in it here's the thing about peter billingsley he looks like he did in the movie like, if you saw him walking down the street, you'd be like, that's the guy from Christmas Story. Yes. Right? Is it oh, me? No, no, no. I When uh, the first night I got there, of course, Peter and the gang came, and we all went out for dinner, because that's right. who he is. And I came down in the elevator, and I went, there's Ralphie. Right. You know, only he's grown up. And he just has those beautiful, big, big blue eyes, and just... That sweet, of course, he's like one of the smartest men I've ever met. Um, but and so then acting with him, this was just delicious, you know. I mean, just you, you once he becomes Ralphie, you, you are his mom, you know, you just want to be protective, and, right? Um, and the boys and Ian. The younger son, right? Uh, 
well, as I said, all the boys are in it. Amazing. So they're just great. They're just great. What can you tell us about the story? Like, when is it set? It's set in the 70s. Okay. And the original was in the 50s or the 40s? 40s. 40s. So this is 30 years later. 30 years later. And um, Peter now has children, or Ralphie has children. And they come to Indiana for uh, Christmas. Now, I don't want to spoil anything. Because there's some... Hijinks. Hijinks and, <laughs> you know, things that have happened in the family. Yeah. And uh, and Ralphie has to step into some big shoes. Maybe yeah. that's all I can say. Okay. But it's, uh, I'm really proud of this movie. Well, really. I had never seen the original, if you can believe it, oh, until wow. yesterday. Oh, wow. So Penelope and I watched it. Oh. And what struck me is that it's, it felt different than anything else. It didn't feel like a Disney movie. It didn't feel like a Hallmark movie. It had its own quirky personality. Right. It was a little violent. Like, the kids are beating each other up. <laughs> There's some hints of profanity in the lamp. Like, it had an edge to it. Mm-hmm. But it was sort of vignettes. Like, yeah. little stories that kind of add to a whole. Yeah. Does this the new movie have that same kind of feel? It does. It really does. And I think that it also sort of has that I said to, to uh, Clay, our director, I said, I feel like when I watched it, I stepped into a, an old-fashioned Christmas card. Right. But it's not sappy. No, this and movie, the other original wasn't sappy. No, it is not sappy. It's hilarious, and you will cry. I cried. Not during it, but I saw the movie, and I was like, I, I, I just genuinely, I looked at uh, uh, Ralphie's face at one point and just burst into tears. But it has that edge, and it has it. It's not like you can't put it in a um, in a box. It feels like its own thing, which is wonderful. Yeah, you know that's that's to me a real movie. What was it like to be around people that were reuniting after all these years? Because they had worked together on the first one, right? Yes. What was it, was it like, like to bear witness to it that? It was like 40 years ago or whatever. Right. And it was so fun because to see all the boys together, uh, um, and they were all staying at the same place. I, everybody was in different places where they wanted to. And then when we all had dinner, I mean, they laughed, they talked, they teased. It was like no time. And, and you know, they kept in touch because it did become an iconic film. Yeah. Did the, the whole group have a sense of, this movie means so much to people. We need to rise to the occasion. Was there a feeling of like, this needs to be great? What I feel is that... Um, Everyone who was involved wanted to tell this story. And I think there was not um, a pressure at all. There was a, um, an earnest, uh, how much you cared about right. the story. And I think everybody really cared about, so even if there wasn't the first one, the second one is so wonderful that you care about those characters Standalone, so to me, they sort of seem like great bookends. Are you a fan of Christmas generally? Do you love Christmas? Oh, I love Christmas. You love uh, it. And also, what do you love the most? What's your, what's your favorite thing? Sitting in a dark room with the lights on. <laughs> Wait, the Christmas lights on. Yes. The room is dark, and the Christmas yes. lights are on in the room or outside. In the room, outside, yeah. anywhere where there's like Christmas lights. You love it. I get so happy. Um, yesterday, Penelope and I—that's our mutual friend. Yes. We were out walking around. We went to a store, and 
we worked like there was Christmas music and I got in the car and I said, do you think it was too early? And she said, no, I loved it. And I went, me too. You know, the music is beautiful. Um, it's just, it takes me back to being little. Doesn't it you? Well, I find that I get a little more into it as the older I get. Like, oh. but if you, if they did it year round, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as good. It has to be once a year. Mm -hmm. That's, but I get little, like I saw ad for Christmas movies or little things. I kind of feel the spirit more as I get older, right? Yeah. The warm uh, fuzzies. I think that, yeah, because it takes you back to when you're little. Right. But you get to be a grown-up. Yeah. So you can have dessert first. Right. You don't have to wait to get your candy cane. No. That's now, were you sneaky with the presents when you were a kid? Would you, like, try to peek or? No, I think my mom was, uh, they were pretty good about, we, my cousins would come over and we'd all sleep in the TV room right. in Ohio on the floor. And they they were very good about we were asleep. Yeah. You weren't sneaking, peeking. You were good. No. And then we wake up. And, and then when I was really little, that was magical coming down the stairs. And my dad had the old-fashioned movie camera. Right. And, and just things were everywhere. But... Um, I love that there's home movies of that. Oh, have you looked movies. at them lately? Yeah, yeah. They, they're pretty remarkable and it's amazing. Uh, but my brother Michael was such a holy terror that I remember one year, both my brothers got these tiny little roll top desks with right. little chairs, cute like little bankers. Yeah, but they they weren't. And <laughs> Michael decided, because then the desk went upstairs, yeah. and Michael decided that he would tie Kimmy and I to the chairs. So they used the, their banker desks as, like, little did, torture things. Did he get tortured and captive? Yeah. And my parents wondered, where are they? Right. Why aren't they down here? And... <laughs> Was this like on Christmas Day or yeah. after? Yeah. And we're tied to the chairs. You're tied to the chairs on Christmas. Kim, Kimmy and I were. Yeah. And Michael was like reading to us or something. And we yeah. had to. And of course, my dad took a movie of it before we were untied. Yeah. You had got to get the shot. <laughs> <clears throat> you know. Yeah. In Christmas Story, he really wants a BB gun. Do you remember ever wanting a specific thing like that? Yes. What was your thing? It was a. Uh, a baby deer doll. Interesting. And I do remember, and it was the only baby deer doll that didn't have hair. It wasn't glued down, standing straight up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so afraid that no one was going to buy baby deer or bring da baby deer home. Was it an actual deer? It was a little doll, floppy right. doll. Right. With hair, but I think they were called baby deer. Baby deer. So yeah. not like a doe deer. No. Like a deer, like a baby D-E-A-R. Baby deer. Yeah. And did you get it? I did. And her oh. hair was sticking straight yes. up. So I was very I so concerned about that doll. And yes. then she became mine. And you got her. Did you name her? Baby deer. Baby deer, of course. <laughs> it's a solid name. But maybe yeah. she maybe she was always a baby deer. I yeah. mean, maybe I named her baby deer before she was baby deer. I don't know. Right. Yes, I love what baby deer. I, I remember wanting this Bolomatic 300 that was like a bowling thing. I, I just remember, I don't think I burned with it, but I do remember it specifically. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I was pretty spoiled. I got a lot of stuff. You did? Yeah. Were you an only child? No, but I was... Eight years after the clump, so, oh, so I was, you were, you were I was kind child. of an only child. Yeah. yeah, and I remember getting a bicycle that was 
uh, Hush Puppies brand, and I think my mom might have won it in a raffle because it was tied to the Hush Puppy shoes. Oh, so cool. nobody had a bike like that. It was really cool. Oh wow! Yeah. What color was it? It was like red, white, and blue. It was kind of patriotic looking. It was cool. I was into it. Where'd you grow up? Arizona. Small oh. town in Arizona. And you grew up in Ohio? Ohio, Cincinnati. Yeah. So the Midwest vibe of this movie yeah. must have felt very much like home, right? It did. I mean, the casseroles and the food. And I mean, there is a, a holiday dinner scene in the movie. <laughs> It was so good. It was turkey and stuffing. And I was sort of got teased because I ate off camera and on camera. Right. So my, you were. It's my favorite meal. Yeah. Because I know a lot of times with actors, you have to keep eating and eating. And they're like, they kind of pretend to eat or like, yeah, no, me. you you went all in. I am all in eating. And then the director said, you know, we've got. Yeah. <laughs> You're still eating. I'm still eating. <laughs> I know, and you have to make your food match. It's a whole thing. Yeah, they just had to put another blob on. So it, it was like casserole, like Midwest food. Oh yeah. Yeah. All, all those horrible. But you love it. I loved it. I mean, those sort of yeah. cheesy with mushroom soup, and yeah. you know the uh, what is it? The the those canned onion rings. Mm. Oh, on top of like the uh, green bean and mushroom soup. Yes. Did you have that? It's the kind of dish where somebody would put their name on the bottom of it and you'd take exactly. it to a potluck. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you'd hope that your mom's was popular. Because if it wasn't, you'd feel, like, <laughs> yeah. lame. But your, my mom always brought it, so that was good. No, um, the jello. No. Have you ever had to play drunk in a movie? Yes. What was that like? Um, How do you approach it? How do you think of it? You just go kind of goofy in your head. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, Is it fun? Yeah. You know, because, like, you can, your body's kind of doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Right. Now, The Outlaws hasn't come out yet. What can you tell us about that movie? Oh, my goodness. Well, all I need to say is with Adam Devine. He's delicious, right? He's so you kind of want to lick him or, like, right? He's cute in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? He's, like, adorable. He is so precious. Yeah, yeah. maybe... Well, I can lick him. Uh-huh. You know, those little cheeks. Yeah. And I tell you, as brilliant as he is, he is sweet. And, I mean, but to watch him do a take, you just, like, you know, you're humbled by his, you know. I mean, he's one of the great, great comics and physical comic. And uh, just... He's a great lesson to watch. Yeah. He's a great clown, and uh, and and fast. Yeah. And what kind of character do you play? I get to play his mother. Right. He's very uptight and very judgmental. Very judgmental. Now you play your share of moms lately. Mm-hmm. And grandmas. Do you find that you feel maternal to the actors that you're playing mom to? Do you find that it kind of rubs off? It, I do. I do. Well, especially because I've, you know gotten to be the mom to like some great yeah great. Scarlett Johansson no whose mom are oh, you in Mayor, Mary Story Scarlett and and um Merritt Weaver and I also have to mention Aaron Hayes who's in A Christmas Story my daughter-in-law oh okay and in the the upcoming someone I used to know you play a mother of Alison Brie right and, Alison oh, Brie I love her oh my god she is first of all she and her husband wrote this together and right. he's directing it and I, she is so beautiful and so smart, and 
once again, I mean, I'm humbled by her talent, and I felt very maternal towards her. Interesting. Very maternal. And, you know, because, and, and it's a fabulous, my, my daughter-in-law, um, Brett read the script, and, you know, kind of on the down low. Sure. And she's, you know, that, you know, early 30s, and it was just, it was really fun to hear her giggle and laugh at the script and go, oh, we did that, you know, and it was because it was so different for me to as a romantic comedy. Yeah. And um, it, it, so I'm, I, I saw that movie, I'm also very proud of that. So, I, boy, I had three kind of back-to-back right. wonderful experiences. I, I mean, and I don't mean that pretend. That's awesome. And a lot of it was happening during the pandemic or before? All after. And, you know, when I was shooting the one in Atlanta, then I would fly and and go to the other one and come back. Wow. You were the jet set actor with multiple (laughs) movies and (laughs) multiple continents. It was so crazy. Yeah. But really fun. And it's a romantic comedy. Dave Franco directs it. Yes. He's cute. Oh, my God. He's darling. Yes. He's darling. And... It's really cool. I mean, they're like, uh, you know, to see this team yeah. that's married and they write together and she's his star and he's the director. It's just, it's it's uh, it's pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, and it was working. Yeah. It was all good. All working. And, yes. And then I thought it was so cute because they drove with their cats back cross country. Oh, that's the see. <laughs> you know. That's a lot. Um your first movie was one of my favorites, Airplane. Oh, thank you. Um, at the time, I don't think that was the first movie of that kind of comedy, right? Like that kind of Zucker Brothers. It was the first one. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Did you know that it was different? Did you? How did you approach it? Because I think later if somebody said, oh, this is like Airplane, the actors would go, oh, I get it. Right. But if right. it's the first one... Finding that comedy or, or playing it straight or how did you approach it? Do you remember? Um, well, I think they really wanted it to be played straight. Right. So it was just like everything that you said was the same as if you said it for, you know, you're saying it for. Right. For, but I also feel in any comedy, if you go, oh boy, here comes the funny bit. Yeah. It's not going to be funny. Yeah. It's, it's so you have to, it has to be a real situation and come from your heart, and um, it, it that was my first movie. Yeah. And uh, you know, before then, I my brother had started off 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 a Broadway theater company with five of his friends from Carnegie. Right, and I was reading about that. Um, Norman Renee and my brother Michael and Craig Lucas came from was part of that group. I don't think he went to college with them, but so I had just been taking tickets and help cleaning and stuff and Norman put me in my first play and then I did my second play there but during that time that's when the I, Gretchen Rennell was at Paramount then and had seen the play and had invited me to uh, auditions so, airplane yeah and then they flew me to uh, California for an overnight to do it back at, like a real screen test with right. Bob Hayes, who's also, we're still friends. He's the best. He you is, guys are so beautiful together. Oh, he oh. is so handsome. Yeah. And he's really like, you know, 
still like really handsome, you know, with this kind of gray hair. Yeah. And we talk maybe once or twice a month. Right. We're still good buddies. I love that. Yeah, yeah. When you would go on flights after that, would the crews treat you really nice? Did they feel like you're one of them? Or not. Or not, or sometimes <laughs> not. Yeah. But they must have a reaction. Oh, like if you're the flight attendant and in walks yeah. the, oh, one of the stars of Airplane, yeah. they must acknowledge. They, they, you know, the stewardesses are always like very discreet, but real nice. And I always get like real proud and stuff. And now they don't recognize me. They recognize my voice because now I'm 67. So sure. <laughs> a lot has happened. But yeah, but for a while, maybe you would get free cookies or whatever if, if you were on a flight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, more with Bob, like the pilots would always like say, come on up front and everything. And, yeah. And we had a, a ball doing that movie. I mean, it was my first movie. I don't, I know Bob was doing that TV show Angie then. Yeah. So he would go from the set of Angie and run over and shoot airplane. So he would have his script in his hand and be like this, you know, and, and just, but I always knew when Bob was coming on the set because you would hear uh, laughter. You know, he'd made everybody laugh. Oh, that's know? so nice. So, so sweet. Yeah. When you're shooting a comedy and somebody's funny, is it hard for you not to laugh or are you pretty good at like keeping it together? I'm pretty good at keeping it together. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was really hard with Leslie Nielsen because he also had a farting machine. Um, and so, he would carry it around? Oh, and, and then from airplane on, he became, no, no. I, I guess I should say flatulation machine. Sure, right. It's a farting machine. Yeah, it's a farting machine. Just and, say it. Uh, he would just, I remember like... The, the, you'd be in the middle of a take and he'd go, <laughs> and he'd go, Julie, and you'd have to go, I didn't do that. Right. And, you know, he was a real cut up. He was naughty. Yes. You know? So he was And that naughty. became his thing that he was known for. His farting machine. And were the directors okay with it? Were they like, okay, we, that's enough. Put that away. Um. I'm going to take that away. Like a naughty schoolboy. I, I don't think they would have taken it away from Leslie. That's yeah. so wild. I know. Oh. Um, I was reading up on you before we started. Is Were you cut out of all that jazz? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I was like the fourth poetry girl. I see, and right. I think that whole section was cut out. I'm going to throw out some titles of movies that I love. Okay. And just see whatever you think of, whatever you remember. Okay. Um, Lost in America. Um, I love Albert. He's so funny, Albert Brooks. He's, he's so funny. It's so hard. He would be one that you would have to like, what, because we actually drove cross country. Right. To do the, the oh, he's snoring. Is that okay? That's okay. I, I love the, the atmosphere. Little, Rudy's snoring, the dog. Rudy, our dog, he's like, he goes, <laughs> listen. Now he stopped. Right. He stopped. Um, Albert. I mean, there were times when literally you'd have to run away from him to stop laughing. Right. Because you could, you just, uh, he would love to just get you going. Yeah. But he was so interesting because he wrote it and directed it. And so the, you really, like the first day on the set, you know, once again, you're nervous. It's your first day. But he would... You're doing a scene, and then all of a sudden he would go back somewhere. Right. And you go. So after a while, you knew, okay, he's going back to pick up something without stopping. 
Oh, interesting. And so you just had to really follow with him and stay on your toes. And um, I'm really proud of that movie. He's a really uh, brilliant, talented man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, Reversal of Fortune. The <gasps> oh! <laughs> Jeremy Irons, right? Yes. Oh, I only worked on it for two two or three days. I played uh, his um, the, uh, the actress who was his girlfriend. But right. let me tell you something about him. Yes. He, no farting machine, I hope. No. God. That was Leslie Nelson's <laughs> that thing. That was Leslie No. <laughs> he literally, um, it, it was a Friday. Right. I had this little part. I was not somebody that you would even think of. And yeah. It was Friday night. He was wrapped, Mr. Irons. And yeah. he stayed on a Friday night to do my off-camera look. Right. So you, so you had something to react to. Yeah. And it wasn't the script supervisor. Right. I was just so amazed. And it was, I thought, well, I'll tuck this lesson in my top pocket. Right. You know, just so generous. And then there was a boat scene, and I was supposed to have a bathing suit, and I did on, 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 on underneath this sort of caftan. And he was going to take it off, and I said, "Please, Mr. Irons, I don't want to. Uh, can we keep my caftan on?" He went, "Sure." You know, because I would, I didn't want to be in my bathing suit. Right. You know? I mean, just the most. And another, oh, what a handsome man. Yeah. What a handsome man. So that was a very good experience. We love that. <laughs> um, Midsummer Night Sex Comedy, Woody Allen movie. Oh, I had... He... It was very interesting because I, I was going to do my taxes that day. Right. And they said he will probably not speak to you and stuff. And so I was all prepared because I guess he was very shy and whatever. And so I had my bag... Is this for the audition? Yeah. Yeah. Or for the meeting, whatever. For the meeting, yeah. And he said, uh, "Well, what are you? What have you? What are you up to?" And I said, "Doing my taxes." <laughs> right. Oh no, but we're no. I said, "I'm, I'm on my way to do." Right. My taxes. I literally got a bag full of receipts here. I know. And so he's like, "By the time I uh, dropped off my receipts, I had gotten the part." Wow. Yeah, it was pretty neat, and. Um, then I got to read the whole script, and he said, don't say anything to anybody, because he's very, you know. Right. And I said, yes, yes, okay. And then we shot it later, and um, I remember the rehearsal was, I went to where he was living at the time, and I mean, what an honor. He read all the other parts, and I read Dulcie. That's it. And that was it. He said, okay, do what you're doing. We've got a lot of time. Don't worry about it. And that was it. It worked out. And it was... Oh, but Jose Ferrar. Oh, yeah. what, I mean... Delicious. 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 Um, what a, He would knock on my dressing room door and go, you want to go over lines? And I'd say, yes, sir. Yeah, yes. I'd love it. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, he thought, I'm sitting... With Jose Ferrar and yeah. running lines. Just wonderful. And we were out in the countryside. Yeah. It was beautiful. And the lovely Mary Steenburgen was in that movie. And Tony Roberts. And so it was neat. It was a good, good experience. Yeah. Uh, what about Bob, Bill Murray? <laughs> Another classic <laughs> okay. comedy. Oh, well, 
I'm taking a sip of my drink. Yes, it's good. Um, yeah, well, I had a good time. I think it's notorious that there was a lot going on during that film. Yeah. That sort of dark. Yeah. And um, and now I, I do believe it's starting to be talked about now. Yeah. But um, I had a good time. You had a good experience. Uh, Katie Irby, who played my uh, daughter, and I would go off and uh, rent horses in the middle of nowhere in these little farms with trailers. And I thought, oh, nice. what are we doing? Yeah. You know, we could die. When I told my friend Brett, who's a, a makeup artist, that I was interviewing you, mm -hmm. he was like, Just Friends is my favorite. He loves Just Friends, the one oh. with Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and Anna Ferris. And oh, I was like, and he was like, oh yeah, and Anna Ferris is so funny. Like he went She's on, hilarious. He went on and on about Just Friends. So, oh, um, what well, do you remember about it? Well, I got to be Ryan Reynolds' mother. I mean, How, you know, yeah. And another, just boy, I've been really lucky. Yeah. Just, you know, what a handsome, talented guy, and Anna just, she walked away i mean she was hilarious yeah just hilarious and uh it, all i also remember is we were way up in canada yeah and it was really cold yeah really cold and you know um everybody was really good about it yeah yeah i love it sesame street were you oh, you were on sesame street i was what do you remember about it who did I you was, interact with big bird had birdie pox Oh no! Oh yeah, they're big purple, and I was Big Bird's uh, doctor. And right. Had to tell him he had to stay in his nest. Right. And he can't go out. So my granddaughter, the kids, I guess you can, I don't know, Google it or do something, right. and it'll come up. Right. So my granddaughter's never seen me on film or anything. Right. So they've got, and she loves Big Bird. Right. So she's watching, and all of a sudden, Big Bird's there, and she's like, and then she calls me Juju, and she pointed, and she went, Juju, and then she went, oh, and fell down. She was so overcome. <laughs> she, couldn't, she couldn't compete, com she just, compute what was, I was happening. holding out on her. How could I be friends yeah. with Big Bird and not bring Big Bird home? It was just way too much. Too much. Was it fun to do? Do you remember anything about it? Uh, well, I do. I remember... I guess Big Bird was going to a school thing for his children. Right. And was saying that when, you know, like Parents' Day, when his kids would say, well, my, my dad's Big Bird. Right. And I thought that was so funny that he said that. Right. And so the, the the actor that plays Big Bird was like, we got to get out of here. I got Parents' Day. I got to, you know. Yeah. And then he's like, puts his, <laughs> puts his head on and he's worked. He's Big Bird. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. Um, you've done Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that been like to work on? People love that. They load you up with a lot of candy, and you go in a little booth, and you talk. They give you candy? They get you hopped up on candy? I think they do. There's always, when you're like sitting <laughs> outside, it's like, ooh, look at all this candy. So. I love it. And not too long ago, Marriage Story, mm -hmm. uh, Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, and you had to sing. There was that cute little number in the middle, the Sondheim oh, thing. yes, which Penelope, Penelope, uh, our mutual friend, helped yes. me learn my words. First of all, I, I, I mean, Noah is beyond genius. Yeah, Noah Bombach. He is beyond genius. I, I just, oh, it takes my breath away. 
you know, to be with these big young stars, you know, where everybody's just, Scarlett's just so normal. Right. And she would go, and every day, or every other day, there would be a beignet truck, or a soup truck, or this truck, and it was all her. It was all her. She's giving you that 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 Marvel money. She's spending she's it just, on the indie movie. She's just, you know, and never said I did this. Right. And Noah is. Uh, he's like an old great picture maker. Mm. You know, he yeah. just he comes in a jacket. He dresses up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he is so actor oriented right and so actor focused and it's a very quiet set and um i just i'm mad about him yeah aren't i lucky i've worked with some amazing really cool people. projects and cool I people I've, I've been really lucky and that movie got a lot of awards buzz it was at the yeah. oscars and the, i saw you at the independent spirit awards yeah we Is won it? for Best Ensemble, yeah. and then Laura Dern won for Supporting yeah. Actress, and she is just a hot babe, lovely girl. Yeah. But my thing about Scarlett is, one day she was walking around, you know that figure of hers? Yeah. She had this huge piece of cake with icing. I was yeah. like, and she just like went, oh. I was like, She yes. just ate it. She's she eating that cake. She just ate it. It was oh, like my Crisco, yeah. my favorite kind of icing. Yes. She just, you know... Just wonderful, and it was. Oh, I'm going back to Penelope now, yeah. kind of all over the place. Penelope, who is our friend, who's yes. a wonderful writer and, and uh, just can do anything, but she also dances, and that was like the hardest thing in the world for me to see. Right, because you had to do choreography, and so Penelope would come over and help me run lines. Yeah, I would bargain with her. How, what would you? What was the deal? Let's, let's, let's do lines. She goes, after we do the dance. Oh, so you didn't want to do the dance. You're dreading yeah, it. I was dreading it. And was it always in the script? It wasn't oh, something yeah. they were like, no, you no, knew no. going in this was I happening. I knew going in, and yeah. we had professional dance lessons right. and professional singing lessons. But, of course, Scarlett one day in between shooting, I mean, all these, you know, these, you know, the weight of, like, these scenes would come in and... Go, oh, I don't know it, I don't know it, and then just go, boom. Just nail it, And then gone. And and (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like a little Sondheim medley is my memory of it. Like a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh. And Merritt and I would just go, who's also amazing. I would watch anything Merritt's in. And one day Merritt said to me, I really didn't have it. And she looked at me, and it was just so perfect. She goes, I'm so glad somebody's worse than me. <laughs> Thank you. That's very comforting. Thank you very much. And action. You yes. Know, I'm full of confidence just, now. But it just... Right. It was so delicious the way she said it. Yes. It was so great. I love it. Um, so you started out modeling. Mm-hmm. Was it fun? Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. A, not into it? No. I ate my way out of most every job. You ate your way? I love to eat. And so they would say, oh, the big one over there, can you stand sideways? Right, so you were, th- you were thought of as big for a model. Yes, yeah, hippie. Wow, hippie. I think the hippie. Wow. And um, but you know what? I don't mean to. Say, it, I if I I had a lot of hair. Right. So I did cha- a lot of shampoo things. Yes. And that would sort of support me. Right. 
you know, for because back then you got residuals. Yeah. And um, so I was grateful. So I shouldn't. I just never did. I was just never good at it. It was just never. I, it fantastic. was just. It was. Yeah. I was never good at it. And um, and. So, you know, and I got used to, you know, because I was hippie, right. I would have my little portfolio and I'd walk into a room sideways. <laughs> so you had your own strategy? Instead of... Right, but don't they, aren't they like, okay, turn around and walk for yeah. us. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't last it's, it's, long. My strategy did not work. <laughs> <laughs> my book did not yeah. cover my hips. What was your coolest modeling job? The one that was most fun or maybe it took you somewhere fantastic or fun or hmm. it was different? Or maybe it paid you a lot of money or kept running forever. I think um, in France. Yes. It was the Elsa Balsam girl. Right. But um, Jacques Demy directed it. Oh, my goodness. It, which was like, and I didn't know who Jacques Demy He's was. He's a big filmmaker, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was his first um, commercial for the cinema. Yeah. And... So I went to his house, and we was you were supposed to be able to dance and sing again. Right. And I couldn't speak French, and I couldn't. And his daughter, who was maybe two years younger than me, I was 17. And uh, she goes, my dad really wants you for this. So she came back to my hotel, and we spelled it out phonetically. And she worked with me for hours. Wow. And, um, I mean, God, that was, what, 50 years ago? Wow. And... Um, I tried to find him one year. I was in France shooting a film, and I had heard it was before he passed away, but he was very ill, and I had always wanted to go back and and thank him. Did, um, the, did the commercial turn out good? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and because of him, um, he I did a lot of other right. cinema uh, commercials. I didn't. I think that. The reason why you go to France, Paris, is to come home with what is called tear sheets. But I think I was the only little girl. I came home with a lot of money. Yeah. Because I did all commercials, but all of his director friends. And I remember he lived in a polka-dotted house. And um, he was he was just a very kind man. He gave you a chance. He gave me a chance. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it opened other doors. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to act? When did you know, I could do this? I could build a life around acting? Well, I don't know if I ever knew I could do it. Right. Um, I remember uh, my aunt and I were the same age. She was born in April. My grandmother right. and my mother Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she would say, we'd sit in the princess chair and the rocking chair. And, yeah. Um, Diana would say, I'm going to be a nurse. And I said, I'm... I'm I didn't know the word actress. I'm going to be on the TV. Right. And I just, I went to Walter Iyer School of Drama. Right. Downtown Cincinnati. And my friend Mark Alton Brown, who um, writes, he wrote Girlfriends and all that stuff. Right. Um, he had a big, you know, big curly hair. And Mark, we were in acting school together at Walter Iyer School of Drama where my brother Michael had gone, but he was in the, oh, it was downtown Cincinnati. We had Miss Seedorf, and Mark didn't know whether he had a crush on me or my brother. Oh, interesting. And he couldn't decide. Right, I like it, I like it. <laughs> when did you know you were funny? Because you've done a lot of classic comedies. When did when did you realize, oh, this is something that people respond to? I don't. You don't know? <laughs> no. 
even know if I'm funny. Right. But you've been in so many great comedies. So maybe that's the secret, is not knowing. Maybe. Right? That could be it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like when you were in New York and, like, starting out? Were you going to Studio 54? Was oh, it crazy? Oh, no, no, I, um, I went to New York, and I, I remember I had a, a Finnish roommate, and she would stay up all night. We, we were in a, a studio that was maybe eight by eight. We had right. two phone mattresses. And she would talk, cry and talk on the phone all night. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just think there were little little fairies looking out for me. I, uh, I, um, I, I went and lived in Paris for two years. Once again, I, you know, I just, I think... Innocence and not knowing is sort of a big protector, but also I think that I somewhere deep inside I was really strong. Right, and you believed. And I believed, yeah. and um, so it's just kind of like I never. I was like always just sort of this is that day. I didn't never knew what was the next day going to be. Right. And, um, which is terrifying. So meaning this is the day that something big could happen or no, just, just focus today. on today? Just, just focus, focus on, today. on today. Yeah. I remember taking my, uh, my husband, Richard, we were in Paris and took him to one of the hotels I lived on, on, uh, Rue Saint-Andre. Yeah. And I don't think it had changed from then. And then from then, I don't think it changed from when it opened. My husband said, my God, you lived here. Wow. I went, yeah, you know, with the bathroom down the hall. And, right. You know, it was my introduction to bidets, which I thought were for underwear and socks. To right. And uh, New York, I was much, when my brother graduated from Carnegie, I felt a lot safer. Yeah. You know, because then we lived together and I wasn't on my own. Right. And so I felt protected. Nice. And, uh, and then even when he moved out, you know, he was downtown, and we talked every day. You had a you had a comrade. I had Michael, yeah. Michael there, my yeah. big brother. So that was the first time, and so he would just always say, "Julia, you can't do that." And right. I thought, oh, okay. You know, um, but no, I wasn't. I could never afford to go out. Yeah. You know, I think that the fancy people who could afford it. Right. Um, did you do other jobs? Did you ever wait tables or any of those no, struggling God actor for my jobs? Hair. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that God. might be the title of this I podcast. I always pull, hair. I always pull one quote out. You know, just wow. the, uh, listen, Yahoo, Yakadu, yeah, Tony Tame, um, a lot of balsam. Did you do like lots of like oh. swishing your hair around? Well, I mean, I I've got <laughs> like well a balsam, like Farrah Fawcett. Oh, kind I of, did, I did well a balsam. Oh yeah. no, what was it that? I was the Clairol, um, yeah, Clairol. What was that one with it? It was a cartoon. Was it? It was a Clairol product, and I was what? It was a back screen. Yeah, and um, then the cartoon came out. What you know? I didn't. Yeah, and I'd have to go like this. Yeah, and look at the bird. Yeah. And then this little cartoon bird. The bird would be animated. Yes. And what what was that? Was it shucks? I don't know. I can't remember. But it, was it was some Clairol. hair thing. Clairol thing. It was Clairol. Yeah. And so that, to, so as I said. Your hair paved the hair. way. I know. And now I've cut it all off. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something in acting that you haven't gotten to do yet that you would love to do? 
I don't know, a murder mystery or a more of a musical? Is there something that's like, mm, I've always wanted to You know, I loved, I worked with Wally Shawn and Andre Gregory for 17 years on The Master Builder. And then... Which um, is a film. Yes. Yeah. But we did it for, we did it as a play. Right. But Andre is like, you only have, when you do it as a play, we did it in this house. He's very, it's avant-garde. And um, I guess that's what you call it. And there'd be 20 people and we... Finally, we rehearsed for it until the original, the first ingenue outgrew the part. Right. And we had to get a new ingenue. Um, and then, but I was very, you know, I grew, you know, 17 years. Right. Maybe. So this is a project you worked on for 17, 17 years. Because it is a film. I saw yes. it on your credits. It's a film now. But it was uh, something you worked on 17, 17 years. 17 years. And Jonathan Demi. Right. Demi. Sorry, Jonathan Demi directed it. Wow. Uh, with Andre. And it was one of his second to last movies. And we shot this, what, two hour movie in eight days. Wow. And the crew was like, Declan was like, you know, and then the crew was like, we had five cameras. And then the crew came in, Declan marked it all. And then, so it was like a ballet. Yeah. Because we were all like this and there were cameras behind each one of us. Yeah. Sort of like, so we were moving with them. Long story short, I guess what I'm trying to say, I think I loved it because she was insane. The character. Yeah, she had gone insane. Her wow. children had been burned alive. And uh, I loved playing that. Um, so I think... And you've been playing it for years. You've yeah. been developing it for years. And you know, because it's, 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 it's Ibsen. Right. So Andre had taken it all in. Yeah. And it still works, you know. It's still th that kind of is timeless. Right. There's no time, and um, I loved. Well, I love, I I love playing that part. But also, I love. We had marriages and divorces and children. And the this, whole thing was that. happening, and you would just come back and work on this every piece. Every once a year, you know, everybody would go off and get married or have a divorce or have children, and then we'd all come back together again. And do it as a play in a house. And do it as a play. You know, well, we would rehearse like we were rehearsed here. We rehearsed in a park. We rehearsed, you know. Did you ever think it was going to come to fruition, or you just were into it? Well, it's just... It was so fun to sort of like go, you could still keep working on something and and digging and working yeah. and the the clarity became clearer that, you know, uh, and being able to, I, I feel like the greatest teacher I ever had was Andre and yeah. Molly, you know, in the sense of getting to work with them and having Andre's kind of how he works and stuff. So I I didn't get to go to college, but I did get to, I say, train with Andre. Yeah. You know, which was pretty remarkable. Amazing. And it was separate from the, it didn't have the Hollywood business part of it. It was just oh, no, a no, creative no, no. exercise no, no. that like was a, fulfilling. No pay. Yeah. No this, no that. It was I a mean, passion project. We got a little money doing the film, I right. think. But it was total um, passion. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. things like that is what really lights you up. I, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm 17. 
yeah. years to do something again. But I, I did love playing Solness's wife yeah. and working with Wally and Andre. Yeah. Um, you strike me as very nice. And all the stories I hear about you from Penelope, you're very kind. The business is always, isn't always. Uh-huh. It can be kind of cutthroat or a little intense. Uh-huh. How have you navigated it? Well, how do you be a nice person in a tough business? Well, I think you have two choices. You can like look at something and feel the joy or be negative. But I feel like I've had so much to be happy for and grateful for and um and like A big full life. I remember when my brother died, Michael. He said, "I, I, I." And he died young. He was thirty-nine, and he said to me, "I don't feel I'm gonna die saying what if." Right. And it was such a lesson. Really, you took you that know, with, with you. Because he had that really big full, all thirty-nine years. Right. He packed life. a lot in. He packed a lot in, and I thought, well, let me take that, you know, and carry that, and. And you have choices. I mean, it, it, you can be, I mean, it's so goofy, (laughs) you know, where you think, well, I could be bitter about that, but what's the point? Right. And then it just eats at my heart. And if I'm mean to somebody, it's worse for me than them. You carry it with you. Oh, you know, and, yeah. and I have lovely, wonderful people in my life. So. I love it. Well, you picked a few questions from the observation deck. Yes, we'll do sir. these before we wrap up. Okay. What's the worst thing that's ever gone wrong for you on stage? <laughs> um, it was in, in um, and Paul Newman and Joanne were, were, were in the audience. Oh, my gosh. And this was it up in, you know, uh, where they were. They yeah, they had that yeah. theater company. And yeah. not their theater company, but a different one yeah. in the Berkshires. And my character was supposed to, because I said to John Guare, I don't sing. So she was supposed to be an opera singer. Right. And he goes, well, why don't we just do that? She's too shy to sing. And we'll just pre-record her. And then I'll lip sync to this opera singer singing. What opera. could possibly go wrong? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my so God. It was my, the, the character's theater. And I say to the other character, well, let me sing for you. Right. And so I went like this and the character was Ave Maria. Right. And my. So I, you're supposed to be yeah, triggering the recording. I say, I'm pre-recorded. Yeah. So I go like, this doesn't work. And so, cause I say to the other person, I said, this is my theater. So I looked up at the booth and I said, are you guys queued up up there? And they went, no. Well, there was no way I was going to sing Ave Maria. There was no way you were going to sing. Because originally you were going to play it yourself. Lip sync. To a cassette that you had? Yes, and go. Right, right. So you had the cassette, so I but it the, didn't work. It didn't work. And, and so now you're going to the booth hoping they have a backup. They said no. And then I'm like a deer in the headlights, and I see in the second row, <laughs> the lady who sang Ave Maria <laughs> is sitting there, the opera singer. Now I said, would you stand up and sing Ave Maria for me? You said that? Yeah. 
Amazing. She stood up and said, "So you oh. knew you recognized her?" Yeah. Oh, well, because I was just like, "Oh, the one that the one that recorded it for the show." For yes. the show, All right. she was just oddly sitting. She there. She just happened to be there. And I said, "Would you stand up and sing Ave Maria for me?" And yeah. she did. And then I struck my little pose and you and did it. Sang to her. Yeah. I came off and my outfit was drenched. With just flop sweat. The flop sweat. I mean, and... And but, only Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward were in the audience. They were in the back row, because usually you don't see people. Right. You know, you just don't see them. But because I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like... <sighs> and then there she was. There she was. was. Like, Thank goodness she was there. It could have been much worse. Well, I'd still be standing there. <laughs> We'd also be there. What, did Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, do you see them afterwards or anything? Or no, no, no. no, no but John right. Guare, the playwright, yeah. said later, do you think we could do that every night? <laughs> no. No, no. No. All right. But fast thinking on your feet. That was solid. That was a solid move. Okay, where's the coolest place you've gotten to go for work? Well, just, well I've been to Israel. Cool. And um, in uh, Goodbye, New York. Right. And... Uh, then just recently to Bulgaria. What was it like to be away so long? Did it have a summer camp feeling? Was it surreal? Um, in Bulgaria, well, once again, because Peter made it so lovely. Right. He sounds and like he was taking care of everybody offset. He took care of everybody. And to watch him go from actor to producer to... Right. To cruise know. director. Yeah. Like, we're going to dinner. Like, yeah. that's a lot. He's just, you know... It, and, well, I felt like Heloise of the Hyatt. Right. Because I stayed there, there for three and a half months. That's a long so stretch. everybody. Yeah. All the, you know, the wait staff and yeah. the young ladies who come fix my room. Yeah. That everybody knew my name and I knew all their names. So I, I really, so I would sit in the lobby and stare at people and. Yeah, it was an know, adventure. It was an adventure, you know, it was really, but I felt really bad because Aaron, who plays my daughter in law, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Hayes, who's absolutely lovely, um, when her family got to come. Yeah. And that. That, so we all went out for dinner. Yeah. And the next day, they all got COVID. Oh, my gosh. So they all had to stay in her apartment. Wow. So I thought her two lovely darling daughters and her husband were, like, doing puzzles. Yeah. And that was their Bulgarian experience. But I I thought it was really um, a unique and beautiful experience. I mean, I would certainly... I'd go back to Bulgaria. And uh, and it was sort of, it had that magical feeling like I I feel about the movie and I hope other people will feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. trailer's wonderful and I yeah. and you've seen it and you love it. Yes. No, really. I, I, I can't remember being this excited about a film. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Here's another one you picked. Okay. What job were you the most excited to learn you got? I think airplane. Yeah. You know, my first job, my first, uh, my introduction to to, yeah. to movie making. So uh, that was uh, that was quite a thing. Do you remember where you were? You got a phone call, or you get a call from an agent, or I got a phone call, and yeah. I just remember just like like somebody threw ice buckets of water on you, and yeah. then like not. Now I've got to learn it. Now you got to do it. Now I got to do it. But yeah. it was really, and I memorized it like a play, like I do 
you know, I yeah. just memorize everything like a play. And uh, so, and then to meet all those, like, Kareem. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. And all the people who are, like, these amazing stars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were just watching a movie the other night, and Peter Graves was like 12 in this movie. It was a war picture. And I was like, oh, my God. And then to get to work with him, yeah. you know. What was it like when it became a big hit? It was your first movie. Were you like, oh, it's always going to be like this. I guess this is how it goes. <laughs> no, I think it's very humbling because I was living in my girlfriend's grandmother's alcove. I was flat <laughs> That broke. sounds like a book. My Girlfriend's Grandmother's, grandmother's Alcove. Susie Mara. Right. And we were living... Is that sun in your eyes? No, it's good. Okay. Um, and Susie and I were living illegally yeah. in her grandmother's apartment because right. it was rent control. Yeah. And I remember when, you know, the plumbing stopped working in the little kitchen. We had to do the dishes in the bathtub. Right. So my brother and I, Michael... We went to the screening, and I think it was on Broadway in a big theater. And he bought me a dress to wear because I was I was babysitting for money. Yeah. And uh, I also was on crutches because that kid I was babysitting broke a glass, and I stepped on it, so oh, I no. had stitches in my foot. But you know, and they picked us up in a limousine, and Michael said, "Just act like you've been in one before." Right. And we went. And this and, was for the premiere. Yeah. And then you, I went back home to, you know. Your alcove? To my alcove. And uh, so that was that. That was as glamorous as it got. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when people would start recognizing you from it, would they say certain lines or were there certain themes that came up with people? Because that movie has so many classic oh, moments. Oh, I get it. It's wonderful. And, you know, I've, t you know, it's over 42 years yeah. later. And people come up and go, you know, uh, a hospital, what is it? <laughs> and, you know, or, you know, for uh, for the up-and-coming monsoon season. Yes. And I get tickled. Yeah. I think, wow, that's that's pretty cool that yeah. people, you know, a whole other generation maybe will, or second generation yeah. of a second, you know, will see the movie. So, I mean, it's not so often that you get to be in a, a film. A classic. That, that's yes, beloved classic. by so many people. Thank that you. so many people have seen. Thank you. Here's the last question you okay. picked from the observation deck. What's the worst costume or uniform you've had to wear for work? <laughs> well, we had talked about it a little bit ago. I, I think my character, was something fell on her head. So they put me in one of those old-time uh Neck like braces. neck braces. This is for the movie Adam and Steve. Yes. And it the was, gay rom-com directed yes. by Craig Chester. Yes. And they gave me that. It was like being in, I don't know, like a wire cage. Right. It was around your neck. And, and you had to play full scenes with this thing. With this thing on. And yeah. it was absolutely fabulous. And you were into it. It was funny. I'm sure. When yeah. did you ever get to wear something like that? Yeah. No. And I remember the movie because um, I'd seen it a couple times. And you get a lot of laughs. You still... That thing, I still remember those things. Something falls on your head. There's a lot of craziness <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap it up, A yes. Christmas Story, Christmas, it comes out November 17th. Yes, indeed. On HBO Max. Everyone should watch it. It's going to warm your heart. Yes, all through the holiday seasons and for years to come. Right? It'll yeah. be a perennial. Yeah. Um, this has been delightful. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you, Dennis. I have one more question for you sure. before we wrap it up. Why do you act? Oh. 
I know. I get deep at the end. I know. I get deep and simple. Um, it's all I know how to do. <laughs> I, um, I love it. I feel grateful to be able to do it. And it's the only thing that makes me disappear. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you like that feeling? I do. Yeah. You just disappear and then you come back and go, oh, let's do that again. Yeah, there's a feeling. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Well, you give us lots of feelings well, with your work, so I, it's mutual. I'm so, this was really neat. It was super it fun. Was I loved super it. super fun. Thank Yay, you. Yay, thank you. You're wonderful. Oh, awesome. You're wonderful. All right. Everybody watch that movie. I wish I could say go to the theater, but it's on there. I know. I know. I wish we could all bundle up and go to the go. movie in the yes. snow. All right. Okay. Bye, Julie. Bye. Merry Christmas. Thanks again to Julie Haggerty. Isn't she delightful? Watch her movie, A Christmas Story Christmas. It's on HBO Max, and it will get you feeling all Christmassy. All right, so this happened. I got to go to an advanced screening at the Writers Guild of The Fablemans. It's the new Steven Spielberg movie, and there was a Q&A afterwards with Mr. Spielberg himself, as well as Tony Kushner, who co-wrote the screenplay with him. And Kushner, of course is the writer from Angels in America, and he's done a lot of work with Spielberg on West Side Story and Munich and Lincoln. So it was the two of them afterwards. Craig Mason was the moderator. He hosts a podcast that I like with John August called Script Notes, and he's also uh, worked on movies like The Hangover, and he created Chernobyl. Anyway, he's great. So the movie is very autobiographical um, for Spielberg. I liked it a lot. It was personal and it was fun to see Arizona where I'm from because Spielberg spent a lot of his childhood there um he was in Scottsdale where I was up in northern Arizona but there was one shot where I saw the Kachina Theater which was on Scottsdale Road and it was in the background of one of the shots and I was like oh my gosh that's a Kachina Theater and I remember when E.T. came out you could not get a ticket it showed at the Kachina and I would drive by Scottsdale Road and just lines lines around the block for weeks um, so it was kind of a weird meta moment to see that movie in a Spielberg movie. Um, the movie's great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And afterwards, Craig Mason, this is my favorite moment of the Q&A, he said that um, Craig Mason remarked, he goes, you know, I think this might be your most Jewish film ever. And Spielberg goes, not Schindler's List? You know, which kind of got a laugh out of people. But Mason made the point, like, you know, Schindler wasn't Jewish, and a lot of those people in uniform weren't Jewish in that movie. So um, maybe that is a fair point. But um, the most touching moment of the Q&A was when somebody asked him what it was like for him to recreate homes that he lived in growing up and play out those scenes that were just straight out of his childhood. And you know it's Spielberg, so it's going to be top of the line. They're going to get everything perfect. Um, he said it was very moving. And he recalled one moment where the actors who play his parents, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano, you know, a lot of the movie is about their marriage and the difficulties in their marriage. And there's a scene where they're um, arguing. And after Spielberg called cut, he said he had to kind of leave the set and go kind of collect himself and maybe, you know, shed a tear or two. And he's, he's you know, tucked away in a corner and he just feels these arms envelop him around his waist and also around his shoulders. And it was his actors, Paul Dano and Michelle Williams, coming to, you know, comfort him because they knew... That seeing those scenes playing out the emotions that they were bringing to life was going to be a powerful moment for him. So, anyway, it was a cool Q&A. I enjoyed the movie. Um, check it out when it comes to your town. 
Um, my favorite thing about L.A. is those Q&As with, with people that have inspired you for, for decades. And Spielberg was so... There was something about him that was so sweet and earnest. Like, he wasn't full of shit. He wasn't pretentious or super intellectual. He was just kind of a really nice guy. Or, as the characters in his movie might say, he was a mensch. So, um, there you go. All right. That's enough for this week. Thank you so much for listening. My thanks to AJ Sousa for mixing the episodes. JB Bercy provides additional technical support. My theme music is by Mark Daniels for placement music. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.